welcome to another installment in our uh, the SUS news series of podcasts where um, we discuss the issues and news that are relevant to the unmanned technologies community. And this is SUS News, where we interview the newsmakers, or are the newsmakers, or find the newsmakers. We're all about the newsmakers. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan. And uh, as always, we'd like to say a big hello to our co-host, Gene Robinson. Hello out there, guys. It's nice to be back. Been on a nice week, and this year, Nevada's lurking about in that uh, secret UAV flying place up there, so that was kind of fun. <laughs> Uh, you like that? I do, I love the mountains up there. It's one reason I do not want to leave California. I really like that. Um, all right. Well, this weekend or this week's episode, it's called the Jumble, and basically, uh, the reason I'm calling it that, or we've titled it that, is we have we have a lot of stuff we want to talk about. We have some exciting stuff coming up. Also, we have a uh, our guest today is uh, Stephen Bourne, and he actually has got three articles going in three different uh, publications about uh, RCAP, and he also had some input uh, from uh, from our friends at the, the federal administration, and we'll be talking about that. But first, I kind of wanted to uh, bring up some some topics before we get into that. And uh, one of those is going to be now, you know, you were at the UA caucus, Gene, and I'm just kind of uh, interested to know, I know, you you know, you were busy, but, uh, you know, did you get a chance to do any follow-up? Have you heard anything new? On, uh, we have to follow-up, as a matter of fact, and, uh, yeah, as, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the previous show, that we were very well received of uh, the 15 invitees. We were the only civilian. UA manufacturer in the group, and uh, everybody took a real close look at us, and uh, we ended up getting to meet with several Congress people, which uh, was good. They were very open to our suggestions, and uh, more importantly, I did get to go have a meeting with uh, Jim Williams, the new head of the Unmanned Aircraft Integration Office, and uh, I was very encouraged by his words. Uh, he is, I think he's really trying. He's uh, Hasn't been there long enough to be ground down yet, I don't think, and uh, he's pushing for us. I, I think he's really pushing for us, and uh, we'll just see how long he can keep pushing. But uh, I, I'm very encouraged by what he had to say. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, he was he was, or fortunately, he was very straightforward and said, you know, it's an uphill battle. It is an uphill battle, and it's uh, mostly driven by the legal eagles that are up there. And, Unfortunately, lawyers tend to stymie even the most well-intended process. But uh, it went really well, and uh, we're starting to follow up with the people this week. Uh, as I said, I've been out for the last two and a half weeks, and we're, we're starting to follow up with them. We're starting to get some responses back, and uh, it's going to be one of those things where we're going to have to keep pushing because obviously it's campaigning time, and everybody is concerned about the election, and uh, you know, their attention is more focused on that, but uh, I feel pretty certain that uh, they're going to be supposed to remember us, and uh, remember that we were there, and I think we had a good display, and, and that showed them just exactly what we could do with a reasonably cost civilian, public, unmanned aircraft, and uh, I think that just came across clear. Well, excellent. Again, I'm glad you guys 
made it out there, <clears throat> they don't see enough of the small uh, business guy, or let's say, you know, a commercial system or civil system. Uh, it's all military. And I think, you know, it's unfortunate for most of the community that uh, they don't have the money to go out here and do what you're doing. Um, because I think that if, if they got a better look at uh, what's available and the capabilities and the price points and things like that, people would uh, come out and say, hmm, why are, we, why are we spending all this money, you know? Uh, on on capabilities and they might be a little bit better, but are they worth you know two hundred thousand dollars more? You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> there were but, there were a few eyebrows raised at the at the price points that uh, we were given as well because I do believe that they're used to seeing six figures even for small aircraft. So when well, yeah, there is that people get a little little interested. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, those guys, of course, have market share that they're trying to protect. And, you know, it's business. Again, you know, we bring this up. I don't, you know, I don't want people thinking we're just here beating folks up. If you're making, you know, a living or whatever, that's great, man. I'm, you know, that's good. On, on that note, it's kind of funny. I was uh, telling somebody else, I'm out here at the Battle Lab, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this uh, SUS News website, and we do the podcast. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that website. You guys hate the FAA. <laughs> I got a chuckle out of that one. I'm like, well, it's not that I, you know, I don't hate, you know, I, I, I want to, I'm a little frustrated, you know, and I've, I think we've gone through that ad nauseum, why we're frustrated and the whole community's frustrated. It's not just me uh, or you or the guests that we have on here. There's a large segment of the population um, in this community that's, a, that's very frustrated with the FAA. And I think the podcast numbers reflect that. You know, I, when I think of the man hours, the people that listen to this and the people who call me and the feedback and they're like, man, you're spot on, you're right on target. God, I'm afraid we're going to miss the boat and yada, yada. And this is a great industry and all the right, you know, all the stuff that we always talk about is the feedback I'm getting from the community, you know. So and, and the, the people listening from the FAA, and I know they listen. Hey, there's a big shout out. Would you like a shout out there, Gene? <laughs> Well, I will, okay, one of the things that I think is not that we don't like the FAA. We don't like the lawyers that dictate what the FAA can do. I think that's where we need to go with this thing. Well, you know, we're just, I mean, we've been, we've, we've, We've put our money where our mouth is, and our effort where our money uh, or our mouth is, and we've we've tried to help out, man. We've there's no denying, you know, that we we've we've done a lot of work, uh, tried to help them with the, the data, and I mean, I remember you helped them with the website, and you know, we did the proposed guidelines and the insurance and the testing. I mean, it, it goes on. Millions of dollars worth of stuff was given to the FAA, and they did nothing with it. And maybe, you know, it's like that deal where people, you know, free advice, take it for what it's worth. But I thought it was good stuff. Other people, um, you know, when I showed the, that information to people in Europe, they thought it was great. And I know that they've used some of that, and I've seen some of the work uh, shine through in their work. So somebody listened, so it wasn't all for naught. But anyway, it's just a frustration thing. We all want to get off the ground. Yeah, we're all concerned about safety, but, uh, you know, I think some, some other things have kind of clouded this. And and that goes back to the UAV caucus or U, UA caucus that you've got there with the raised eyebrows. You know, there's a, bit, there's a, there's a segment of this population or this, this community that's not really interested in a guy like Gene Robinson coming in there and going, hey, I've got all these capabilities at this price point, come on down. 
you know, it makes them uh, makes them look like they're they're uh, they're charging too much. So you know, that's another factor that's at play. But anyway, I don't want to get too caught up on that. I just I wanted to explain we don't hate the FAA. We love the FAA. We're just a little frustrated with the the policies and the lack of action. Well, I, I got to speak for myself. And some of the lawyers are friends of mine, so I can't say it's them. Just you know, single them out. Everybody beats up on those lawyers, but they're nice guys. They're just you know. <laughs> Trying to cover themselves. Also, um, you know, we're gonna we're in talking about that. It was kind of funny because I did talk to one of them who also does the commercial space. And uh, the other news is uh, SUS News was granted a press pass for the International Symposium for Personal and Commercial Space Flight (ISPC) at New Mexico State University. Yeah, yeah, and fortuitously. I'll be at White Sands Missile Range for NIE, and that's just a hop, skip, and a jump from where I'll be working. So I am going to go over there, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, I love space. I think the commercial space thing is good. I've gotten a little insight. Uh, some of those folks that worked at the FAA on unmanned aircraft systems also were working on the commercial space thing. Uh, I don't know if you remember Steve Schwartz. He He was in on that. Um, some good insight. Yeah, before he left, and uh, so you know, I've been following that too, and I'm I'm really interested in uh, checking that out and seeing what's going on over there. Uh, should be pretty exciting. And then also talking about um, NIE, and this again, you know, SUS news. We're 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 rolling out the ore cart. Because uh, the other thing I'm going to try and do, I will be uh, doing some some uh, reporting from NIE. I got to get with the PIO and uh, the Army PIO, and I'll, I will do that. And I'm going to report from there. The other thing I'm going to try and do, if I could get the equipment, um, is uh, we have a we have a comms track, and I'm going to see if I can if I can commandeer the equipment. Then I'm going to try and do a live podcast from NIE at White Sands Missile Range, and you know. That would be cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you're not getting that anywhere. You'll uh, here, you're gonna, we're, you know, we're gonna um, kind of get a, a flavor for what is going on out there. Now, of course, I will not be able to talk about directly, you know. Oh, hey, you know, I will have limitations, but we will be. We're gonna try and broadcast live from there, and whatever the subject matter is, you know, for the day, yada yada yada. But that should be kind of fun if I can if I can uh, get the stars to align on that. And uh, so, you know, October is going to be full of unmanned technology, unmanned technology and space goodness. And then I know, Gene, you have some stuff coming up. We talked about it. Um, maybe you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, as as we talk about being the newsmakers and the news collectors here, I think one of the things that we could do is we could actually take our audience out on some of our missions that we're flying we have been uh, gifted with uh, a very nice NMARS satellite system where we are basically in communications anywhere on Earth. And one of the things that uh, we thought would be a really good idea is when we go out and we start doing some of our training flights, or even if we do real missions, if we go on some of these searches, we can take that satellite system and perhaps we can put a live feed up. Maybe we can develop a website so that uh, our viewers can actually log into the website when we announce that we're going to be in the field, and they can watch what's going on. They can see how we use our unmanned aircraft. 
everything from putting them together to setting them up to launch them to getting the video to, to actually putting some good data out there on the web that people can use. It's not theory. It's not anything but a practical use of unmanned aircraft in a real situation. And there's nobody doing that. There's nobody that is doing that right now, and we can be the first to do it, and I think that we are going to be the first to do it. Well, if we could get the stars to align, I mean, <clears throat> we're not making false promises here. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, there's hurdles to jump through. Some of this stuff's classified, you know, whatever else. We're go- well, we'll work on that and try and get that going. But I agree with you. I'll be watching. Uh, you're not going to get that anywhere. Nobody's ever done it, man. So that's the kind of stuff you get here, and that's why I say we're we're wheeling out the ore cart. Um, you're going to get to see the gold. Uh, we're actually, instead of just talking about what it's like to work in this field, we're going to give you some real examples. I mean, you, know, you can log in and you can see what it's like. I, and like you said, Gene, I don't know anybody who's doing that. So that'll be a first, and, uh, uh, you know, that could be very informative. And I think that'll roll right into, um, you know, the things we want to do with the the Omega Unmanned Systems thing. And, um, you know, that's the kind of goods we're bringing to the table. I I think that's going to be very exciting. Um, Like I said, I've never heard of anybody doing any of this stuff. I don't care who you are. So we'll we'll be out on the uh, right behind the bleeding edge on that one. (laughs) As usual. As usual, if we can, we'll be making the news when we make history right there. Uh, also, I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, I promised some reflections. I went through the Unmanned University three-day executive course, and, uh, you know, I want to talk about that. I basically, uh, the, the university uh, invited me to go through that to kind of give my uh, interpretations of what I thought the program was like. So, you know, I did that, and it was over eight weeks, and it was over the Internet, and uh, it was pretty informative, you know. I have to say um, I felt that it was a good value, especially for folks who who, uh, may only know a little about this industry and some that may know a lot. And, you know, it is compartmentalized. We've talked about that before, this this industry, and I think it was a good broad-brush overview, and uh, people could learn about it. They heard about uh, applications, technology advancements, uh, command and control, radar, satellite-based GPS, airspace integration issues, and uh, other topics. And I thought it was kind of interesting, the airspace integration issues. A lot of the information they went over, I forgot how involved I was in all of that stuff. And that's what I'll, I, since it's a family show, I will call it stuff. Um And, you know, I think if you take good notes, which I did, I took notes on every... Um, every class and and I think there's a good overview and I definitely uh believe it's a, a good value for for professionals. I think you could go into a meeting uh definitely after for taking that class and go into a meeting and sound like you kind of know what you're talking about if you're talking about unmanned aircraft. Uh, since that time, it's a, an ever-evolving thing. Um, they've started rounding out the curriculum. Uh, I, I got a few emails from Dr. Jerry uh, yesterday. They're doing an unmanned space thing. They're doing unmanned ground vehicles. They're they're doing everything. They're branching out. They're they're uh, they're really trying to round things out. He's trying to get things going at Lake Havasu uh, down there and get the campus built out. And uh, they've they've also um, put together a textbook 
and they are getting ready to, to publish that textbook, and it will be available soon on Amazon.com. And I don't know, you know, I'm sure you'll you'll see that mentioned or whatever, or he'll probably be advertising that. I, I'm not sure, but uh, anyway, you know, if you want to get a, uh, a, a you know invest or interested in getting uh, into this field, I would suggest you go out there and check out www.uxvuniversity.com, which is the unmanned uh, university. Dot com and uh, get in touch with Dr. Jerry or somebody else over there. Talk to them, see if it's the right fit for you. You can also listen to the podcast series Back to School, where we, uh, well, I interviewed uh, some of the different um, outlets that are uh, offering degrees in this field. So go ahead, go there and listen to that. I've been talking to Emery Riddle, um, they, trying to th- bring them on and talk about their program, but uh, there's a lot of hoops to get through with the marketing people and whatever else, and I've just, uh, I've I've been lacking and tracking all that down, but I'm working on it. Uh, anyway, so we talked about that. The other thing I wanted to talk about since we're here today is it's rumored that the, and it kind of ties into today's guest, but the uh, AMA has re- uh, revised some of their, their docs or new docs for that uh document 550 and 560 where they and there's also a uh, reference to the new law prohibiting flying beyond visual line of sight which we'll talk to the guest about there in in a second uh so i guess we might as well with that segue we'll uh bring him on um our guest today is stephen bourne and uh, we're going to talk about his business which is aerial sky cam he's a uh, rca peer which kind of is where how me and uh, Gene started out on this deal. And he had a couple of articles, uh, three articles, and, and some recent uh, publications, and one of them was the Hello Pilot magazine. And he had some input from the FAA. So we're going to bring him on. Hey, Stephanie, are you out there? I am. All right. I know you had to sit through that long intro. Um, you know, we, we talked on the phone uh I don't know, it might have been six months, a year ago, and and that's kind of how I know you. But if you could, I'd like to have the guests give um, give the audience a little bio, uh, you know, a little information about yourself, how you got here, what you're doing. Would you, could you please help us out with that? Sure. Um, you know, my name is Stephen Bourne, and um, I run Aerial Skycam. Um, I'm actually a, a licensed mortician, funeral director, embalmer. I, uh, I graduated school in 2001 in Chicago, Illinois, and uh, have been practicing for years. I have placed my license on inactive status. Um, I'm helping my mother in a new uh, uh, a new job, a food job. So um, currently, right now, I'm I'm not practicing. Um, you know, but I. What started me out in uh, radio-controlled helicopters was, you know, I was in Miami at a flea market, and I saw a helicopter flying, and I picked up on it, and I love photography, and so I just put both of those together, and, uh, you know, I wanted to start a company, and I wanted to make money off of it, and that's why I'm here today to speak to everyone. Excellent. Uh, you know, that, that kind of sounds like, you know, my story and other stories that I've heard. Um, you know, 
I, I usually like my my uh, AP business was kind of an offshoot of the business that I already had. Um, you know, I, I felt the same way. I was into photography. I, oh, it's a slam dunk. I, I love it. Yada yada yada. Um, so you know, that's not a uh, a story we haven't heard before. Would you agree, Gene? I would definitely agree. There are thousands of stories like that one, and there are many that came into the industry and then went right back out again. And Stephen, you know, I commend you for pushing ahead with us and and trying to to make a go of it. And it's going to be interesting to hear what you discovered as you've gone down your path. Yeah, um, you know, one other. Uh, caveat with that is, you know, I think a lot of people, I still talk to a lot of people and, um, you know, I'll, I talk to a lot of people and a lot of them don't know that uh, this was a legal business prior to February 13th of 2007. You know, uh, you could do this legally. There were no issues. I got paperwork. You know, you can fly Dallas, Fort Worth and uh, Class B airspace. uh you know, have a nice day. You're doing remote control. You know, this doesn't look like commercial operations. Call the tower. Have fun. You know, see you later. Uh, and then, uh, you know, that was prior to 2007. And I love when I hear, well, you shouldn't have got into an illegal business. You know, I didn't. It wasn't when we started. Exactly. A lot of people dumped a lot of money into this business and a lot of effort into this business, and it was not illegal. So, you know, that's another thing we're doing here. We're getting some historical perspective on the uh, integration effort. But anyway, I don't want to uh, hog that all up because I want to talk about, you know, Stephen, you had um, three articles and three different publications and um, from somebody who has uh, done a, you know, a couple of articles under his belt. I know that that's, uh, it's difficult to do. So I want to talk about uh, the articles and uh, what what these uh, what these articles make or, or the significance of these different articles. So maybe you could you know talk through them any way you want and uh, you know set them up and and let's hear uh, some background on that. Okay, um, you, know, you know as far as my camera ships, you know they are not autonomous aircraft. Um, I do not fly them out of sight. Um, I'm not using any waypoint. Um, basically, I, you know, the highest I've ever gone is about, you know, 150 feet. Um, I have no obstructional view when I fly. Um, I also have a, you know, a camera operator that will, uh, you know, support the camera equipment as as I'm piloting the helicopter. As it stands now, um, you know, I. I've contacted the FAA, my local FAA agency here in Illinois, um, and I tried to get a COA. At this point, you know, the military, federal, state, and local government agencies are allowed uh, an application. Um, I am not as a private individual. No, you're not. you know, the applications for camera ships, you know, the Border Patrol, Search and Rescue, I think those are all great applications, and they do help. Uh, you know, I have written to my senator, I've written to my state representative, and the only uh, feedback I received was a basically a generic letter 
uh, saying thank you for your time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried to educate myself uh, with the AMA, um, the newspapers. I'm also a, a sponsored pilot. And, Patrick, I, I do belong to the Radio Controlled Aerial Photography Association, as you know. That's good. Um, I belong to my local camera club. I'm on several forums. Um, I recently uh, am you know, I'm trying to get my uh, FAA Airman Knowledge Certificate. Um, as it stands now, you have to be a commercial pilot. Uh, you cannot be a private pilot. You have to have a commercial rating. Uh, I've looked into getting my pilot license, which is around $17,000 for everything. Mm. Around $300 uh, an hour just to rent a helicopter. Uh, commercial pilot license is a lot more than that. So um, I actually uh, am trying to get into the coursework of the Young Man Vehicle University. You know, I'm, I've been looking at their coursework to educate myself even more. But and then you know, of course, lastly, I'm on today's show. Uh, what what is disturbing though is. You know, when you get on YouTube and you type in, you know, unmanned aircraft or RC heli pilot FPV, there are thousands of videos of pilots at 1,400 feet. The FAA has Internet access. They watch these videos. In addition, they do... You know, they do watch these RC heli forums. So they're well aware, uh, well aware of what is going on. Mm-hmm. But at this point, um, you know, you guys were saying dumping a lot of money. I've dumped a lot of money into my camera ships. And they're not producing any income. Right. Well, you know, and, and I don't want to. Again, a lot of what you're saying, and this is one of the reasons that we have you on. First thing I want to go back, you know, Gene Robinson is also a board member of the R Kappa. You know, the R Kappa, the the whole idea with that was to, and I'm going to beat this drum again because people, oh, you know, R Kappa, you guys, blah, blah, bleep, blah, 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 and bleep, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, I think that the FAA uh, put us out on the, to wither on the vine. They uh, basically tried to destroy a resource. You know, everything that you talk about is what we've been talking about for the last eight years with the FAA. Okay, you go on to YouTube, and I tell them that for years they were in denial that nobody was doing this. They, they, you know, no, no, nobody's doing this. And they've got it on, on record many, many times that this is going on and people are doing everything. And, you know, remember Trappy? Do you remember the FPV guy buzzing the head of the Statue of Liberty? You remember that, anybody? Yeah, I saw the video. Yeah, uh, you know, we had the guy's name, home address, who he's working with here. Oh, it, you know what it turned out to be? Foreign nationals. But hey, you know, no no problem here. Got the guy's name, home address, telephone number, who sponsored him, who sponsored him here in the United States. The community really came together. People were very upset about this this dude that came over here from the Eastern Bloc and uh, was buzzing the head of the Statue of Liberty. 
Uh, all that information was given to the uh, associate administrator for aviation safety. Um, not interested, nothing ever happened, no problem here since that time. He's done other videos, and the kicker on the deal is they were doing those videos to promote their uh, products. And there are some forums that accept advertisements from them, which I think is, um, again, is, is foolhardy myself. Those people should be shunned. You buzz the head of the Statue of Liberty, my book, you're trash. That's me. I don't know. But the other things that you're talking about were exactly what we were talking about. If you don't have common sense regulation... And you're going to have activities like this. If you don't have, uh, a, a, let's say, a an enforcement plan that makes sense, that's common sense, that uh, that most fair-minded people are going to follow. I mean, everybody colors outside the lines, but if you give them something that they can follow, uh, people want to, especially business people, usually want to abide by the law. Gene, jump in here. I know you're biting your tongue. Oh yeah, no doubt. It's it's very difficult to, especially when you get so many different varying stories from the fizzos that you visit. Some say yeah, it's okay. Some say it's not, and you know it's it's very confusing. Just when the left hand doesn't know what the right's doing. Well, you know, again, I don't think that the and this is this is this was the perspective that our Kappa and the small business community was trying to give the FAA. Look. You're not going to ramp check these guys, and you know what you're telling me, uh, Stephen. Here with the commercial pilots, you know, helicopter pilots license. I will tell you right now, uh, nobody's going to do. Very few people will do that. No, nobody's going to do that. And you know, I don't care what your enforcement program is going to be. I mean, it, it would have to be uh, dr very draconian. Uh, most people, and you'll probably can attest to this. Uh, you know, I, I know when I was doing AP, I was there for ten minutes. <laughs> back in the truck and I'm gone, you know? Yeah. So you're going to have a lot of that. You're going to have unsafe people. You're going to have uh, people, if they figure, well, I'm breaking the law, I'm going nuts anyway, so I'll just do whatever I want. So, again, it's a little disappointing to hear that this is the direction they're traveling in because I've been telling them for years it's not going to work. You're just going to have – and, I mean, it's not like there's five guys out there uh, uh, on on YouTube, right, Stephen? Right. I mean, there's, and, there's and on that note, I'm sorry, Patrick. Oh, I was just saying, there's thousands of these videos all over the internet, tens of thousands. But anyway, continue with your your saga, sir. Well, what I wanted to say was, I do believe that there should be regulations. Sure. Um, you know, that there there needs to be. You know, my feelings on it. There should at least be a pilot certification or even an aircraft certification. I I agree with that. Um, and, and even on that note, you know, the servos uh, that control my aircraft, you know, the FAA, uh, you know, if, if they were going to do a certification and not a full-scale commercial pilot license, you know, would I have to buy their certified FAA servos to control my aircraft? Not a lie, not JR, not Futaba, but something that is manufactured by um, or manufactured and approved by the FAA. Mm. I, I can understand that um, because the FAA, you know, I hate to say it, but an aircraft, if I have my pilot 
commercial license, will I fly safer or will my aircraft be safer than if I received my certification? I, I don't think it would be safer, but education is the key. Sure. When you see an, when you see a plane flying, land your aircraft. If you see people on the ground, children, dogs, pedestrians, land your aircraft. Um, wind conditions, power lines, trees, rain, land your aircraft. It, it's all about education. Well, I agree with that, and that, you know that was another thing with the the RCAP, uh, with best practices and all the rest of that, and trying to educate the masses. And you'd think again that uh, the like uh, any other group like EAA or AOPA that the FAA would support that, uh, but they didn't. Uh, one other thing I do want to say about that, you know, I'm not, I do agree that, you know, a, a pilot's license is probably not a bad thing because, you know, you got to have a way to hammer people who, uh, let's say, color outside the line. But a commercial pilot's license, I'm calling BS all over that. You know, I've right. been round and yeah, I've been round and round with the FAA about this. Now, most people, your cargo is ones and zeros, Stephen. And most of this commercial aircraft stuff is for cargo or or carrying people, livery, you know, uh, uh, uses. So I don't I don't believe in that one. The FAA gives the definition as commercial. Your your helicopter turns in magically turns into an unmanned aircraft system, uh, you know, when when a dollar changes hands. Now, and you said you were a uh, sponsored pilot, so technically by yeah. that standard, you are already flying commercially. Even Correct. when you you when you go do the air shows, and that's the thing with the AMA. I mean, it's another gray area nobody wants to talk about, nobody wants to get into. The other double standard is when you get into light sport aircraft, and I've talked about this too. Me and Gene want to do, uh, we're going to do uh, some applications training. We're a little busy right now. I was telling Gene, the only thing separating me from a sixty-hour work week is staff. You know, I'm working more than that, but. The light sport aircraft thing, those people get paid to train people to fly. That, by definition of what the FAA is telling us, is commercial operations. Because, you know, I asked them, are they giving money? Is it love, hugs? I, you know, what is it? They're if money is changing hands, that's commercial. And the light sport aircraft pilot, all you need is, uh, you know, you, you know, your physical. And, you know, I'm sure Gene want to chime in on this one. But you don't need, you know, the the uh, the, the class two medical man. All you need is your driver's license. And, and Gene, would you like to chime in on that? Well, even with ultralight, you don't even have to have a driver's license. All you have to have to, is the ability to get the thing in the air, and it fly for less than an hour. So, you know, it goes even further than that with ultralight. And I don't care what to say, it's still a machine with a person in the air and it weighs less than 245 pounds. Yeah, no, I, I see a, a you know real uh, double standard uh, there. The other thing, I know that there's a lot of pressure from the the manned aviation groups. You know, I, AOPA has been calling for commercial pilots licenses for this for years. Sounds like they're gonna they're gonna get their way. Uh, that's really unfortunate because that's just gonna mean uh, that. Well, it's a couple of things. One, you're gonna have a lot of outlaws here, and two. Uh, you're not going at it like the Europeans. Again, FAA, you're not leading the way. Sorry. Um, sounds like you're destroying the industry to me. Again, 
you know, these guys don't want it. You know, again, you know, here I am. I'm the blowtorch because I'm I'm calling out the emperor's new clothes that they're destroying the industry. Um, you know, Europe, Canada, Australia, you know, other places around the world, you can do this legally commercially. Anyway, so let's let's soldier on, uh, Stephen, with with the articles. But this is exactly, you know, we're not getting off track. This is exactly why we wanted to have you on here is to give kind of a horse's mouth. I'm trying to do this and the uh, the roadblocks that are being thrown up. So continue, sir. Sure. Uh, in writing several of these uh, articles, um, you know, the, the the publication cannot print something that is illegal. So they had to take my publications and it had to be approved by the FAA. And the last article that was written, um, it has a big stamp of approval by the FAA. Um, and this is the latest magazine. It's a national magazine called R.C. Helly Pilot. So um, everything that I wrote had to be approved. Uh, when I wrote the AMA article, uh, there were questions in there uh, about my business and how do you see your business in the future. Well, that question was that that question raised a flag with the FAA. So I was contacted by the AMA uh, in saying we have to scratch that a couple of questions out of your article that we've asked you. So, you know, the AMA had to be approved. The RC Heli pilot had to be approved. Um, so, you know, again, they're not going to put anything in there that is illegal, uh, illegal activity. They're not going to promote that. So... I was in contact with the AMA, uh, my local agency here, uh, and I had contacted them regarding my FAA knowledge test, and I told them, you know, I'm trying to get this business started, and I had mentioned that, you know, I do not want to fly my RC uh, aircrafts for commercial use, and the FAA agent that I spoke with kind of chuckled and he said, yeah, that would not be a good idea. So they're familiar with they're familiar with the laws and you know it's still being done commercial, commercially though around the United States. There are several movies uh, out, you know, G.I. Joe, Spider-Man, Alvin and the Chipmunks, a recent movie called Dolphin's Tale. Van Helsing, even the History Channel uh, had a, a documentary called The Harvest. Mm -hmm. You know, all that was done, all that was completed by a RC aircraft with the camera on top. Mm -hmm. And it's still being shown on TV. There's, you know, movies. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's still being done to this day. So it's a sticky situation. A lot of people are confused. Even I am confused where I am being turned down, but yet I go to a movie and I see RC aircraft being used. 
Well, you know, you're, you know, here's the here's the demarcation, and it goes right back to the common sense regulation that I was talking about. Okay, you want to abide by the law, you know, and it's a it is a real hide chapper, you know, to go out there. I mean, I want to do all this stuff too. I want to do make movies and TV and. No, I want to. I want to find missing children. I want to do all this stuff that you're talking about, or that potential applications that you're, um, you know, kind of referring to. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't really want to be a lawbreaker guy. I don't really feel it's a good way to build a business by breaking laws. That's that's not really my thing. So it really does kind of chat my hide that, that just like you're saying here. You know, some guy made you know fifty thousand dollars doing the movie. He knows it's illegal. Uh, he's out there doing it. The FAA knows it's going on. They're not going to do anything about it, you know, um, yada, yada, yada. And then you're sitting there, you're like, hey, man, this is not fair. And, you know, well, I could go on for about 20 minutes, but go ahead and continue, sir. I, I share your frustration on that. I am more than willing to go to class, to go to school, and 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 obtain... And- a certificate saying that, you know, you have a proficient knowledge of RC aircraft, you can hover, you're safe, and we are going to allow you to do this. But for me to get a commercial pilot license where I can fly a full-scale, full-scale rotor craft, I just do not see... It, it's, no. a, it, it's a huge barrier. Yeah. It's no, the lobbyists the lobbyists have obviously gotten to the FAA. The lobbyists, the 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 big groups, the the DOD vendors, they will say that they didn't. No, we don't want that. Lies. Oh, wait, I think I hear the baby Jesus crying. Um, you know, so that's exactly what happened here. That's very disappointing. You know, the other one I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with, Stephen. You know, you're talking about you know these people doing it for movies or whatever. If you have enough money and influence and you're a big enough DOD contractor, you can get a COA to operate a flight school. And that's happening right now. You know, remember they told you that it had to be, you know, a government thing or whatever. But, you know, if you got enough bread and enough influence, you can you can train civilians to use your, your aircraft in Class G airspace. You don't even have to be in restricted airspace. Just got to know what buttons to push, man. So anyway, so uh, moving on, what what what's the the big takeaway? I know you were kind of on that about your not, that you think it's a big impediment this commercial license, but uh, you know what, what's your takeaway? How's this? What what's the lie? Where where are you at now? What are you thinking? At this point, I'm everything's um, at a standstill. Um, I have thousands and thousands of dollars invested in the camera ships. Um, you know, I have helicopters that are, you know, seven feet long. Uh, they have eight, uh, three CCD motion feature film cameras attached to them. They have 360-degree pan and tilt gimbals, gyro-stabilized. Uh, you know, everything's there. Everything's ready to go. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to do everything legal. And if if I do everything legal, then uh, the only place that I can go to fly my helicopter is at an is at an AMA field, 
fly around, take pictures of other pilots flying, and and that that's it. Well, we're we're down to a minute here, and um, you know I I I I, uh, I can sense and feel the frustration, and I have to say you know you want to do things legal, and I appreciate that, and I, I feel the same way, and I'm I'm really sorry uh, that you're being penalized for wanting to, uh, do things legally. It's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very disheartening. Uh, we gave some other examples of people that are coloring out sanctioned coloring outside the lines. And I, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you on that. Um, Steven, I really appreciate you coming on and telling your story, your story. You came on and told your story and there's thousands, tens of thousands of other people out there that feel the same way. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Gene. You best to you on. All right, everybody. Well, until next week, uh, you know, keep your feet on the ground, I guess. I don't know. See you next week. Adios.